So uh, what I teach my students to follow is they need to go through the, the property purchasing process. I divided the whole process into 10 steps. And for some, they think, oh, it's 10 steps, it's a lot. But there are like three mega steps divided into 10 mini steps. And, and the reason I do that for them is I don't want to overwhelm them with all the actions. So on each, on each session, we go with one step. I make them master that. I make them apply the, the learnings. I make them go there, out there, meet those brokers, meet those agents, look at the MLS, look at the rental uh, renters in the area, look at those communities, and then we move one step at a time. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is H.J. Chamas. And today we're learning about his process for becoming an employee millionaire through real estate investing. When we spoke, he was actually in Lebanon. He splits his time between living in Lebanon, living in Dubai, and living in the Philippines from time to time going on vacation there. And today we're going through his process for becoming financially independent with real estate as a high-earning corporate employee living all around the world and how you can do it too no matter where you live in the world. How you can start acquiring real estate and building up your snowball passive income to get yourself to the point where you can get out of the rat race. We talk about risks that he has experienced and helps people walk through, helps his students get through in their real estate portfolios, the blueprint for building up this passive income, and how he escaped his own day job through building a real estate portfolio. A lot of great lessons in this one. He is to just get started, have a process, understand the risks, and just keep moving forward. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, and I focus on multifamily and self-storage investment properties. To date, I've acquired, been involved with, invested in, partnered on over $150 million in real estate, and I'm here to help you build your real estate portfolio as well. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, and schedule a call, and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcasts user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is H.J. Chamas. Today, we're learning about becoming an employee millionaire through real estate investing. Without any further ado, here we go. H.J., thank you so much for joining us today. For our listeners out there who don't know about you, your business, your background, can you tell us about yourself and what you do, what you invest in? Yeah, sure. Hi, Taylor. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show. So just a quick intro of who I am. So basically, my name is AJ Chamas, and uh, I come from a very small county on the map. Nobody maybe knows about it, but it could be big on the news. It's Lebanon. It's been known for the, for the world. But, you know, I started from a poor family in a poor country, and in 2001, I decided to immigrate. So I went out of Lebanon with only $300 in my pocket, and I went to Dubai at that time, Everything was big, huge city, big businesses, big towers. So it was huge. So I was kind of scared, but I joined the corporate world 
and I started to climb the corporate ladder slowly, slowly. Then in 2008, I, there was the worldwide crisis and also Dubai was hit by that. At that time, I saw my friends, my colleagues being kicked out of the job and it was meant this very same job that they used to depend on for the rest of their lives. And it was kind of a wake up call for me. I wanted to really break out of the system. And this is when I started to invest in real estate. So I started investing in, in rental properties, small ones, like one bed, bedrooms and studios, then started to increase my portfolio. And I was moving around the world because of my corporate life and started to invest it in different parts of the world. And in seven years, I was able to kind of leave the, the corporate world because my passive income from real estate would sustain my living. And this is when I started being an entrepreneur to start really pursuing my passions and opening businesses and uh, see how it went with me because I had some dreams and really wanted to fulfill them. Awesome. I love that. And I think one of the biggest things that people run up against when they have a, a high you know, corporate job or great money is they have a lot of these limiting beliefs around what they can do in real estate, whether it's re- with regards to their time, their energy, their focus, what they can really get done. At first, the battle first starts in their heads rather than it with the investments themselves. How did you deal with your own limiting beliefs, which is what we we kind of all experience in in the space? Yeah, yeah. Look, l- luckily for me at that time, I had a mentor. So I had a mentor who was like he he learned how to invest in properties. He was one of those big gurus in East Asia, but he was like he didn't learn that from university. He learned that from the seeds. Yeah. So he taught me one thing is he t- he, t- he taught me one sentence that changed my life. He told me you'll become at least as rich as the amount of good debt you take in your life. And this was really a game changer for me. You know, if you, if you take $10 million in good debt, eventually when we pay, pay it off, you're going to be $10 million richer. So we're going to talk about that later. But at that time, I was scared to make the need because I was depending on a job. But then I learned that a job, I could lose my job at any time. And mm-hmm. I witnessed that happening to my colleagues. So why don't I leverage being employed? Because you know that when you're employed, you have a steady income, the banks will run after you to lend you money. So why don't I take advantage of that, take the money I need and start invest in my own assets so that by the time shit's going to happen to me and I'm going to ask to leave my job, I am secure. I am, you know, I have all the passive income that could sustain my living. Another limiting belief I faced was I thought at that time that all the good investments are taken by those big investors and nothing is left for the small ones. And, I'll, and and nothing can be further from the truth in this respect. In every market, in every community, in every city, there are those distressed sales, distressed deals. Some sellers are highly motivated. If you know how to look for them or to search for them, you can, everybody can get those deals. But you need to put the time, you need to put, you need to have a system, a process to follow so that you don't go like uh, haywire everywhere. everywhere. That is true. Systems and processes are critical in real estate, especially if you're going to scale. So when you were starting out, I mean, I have a mental model of how this works in the United States, but in any other country, I don't know what all the big differences are. So when you were starting out, I think you said in Dubai is where you started investing in real estate. How do you start building those systems? And I wonder how different they looked from what we would build in the in the U.S.? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So at that time, I started, I wanted to emulate all those real estate investors. So I started to read books that are mostly applicable to the U.S. And luckily, I had my group, my, my mentor at that time also from the region, from locally here. So I was kind of married the U.S. system, which is not 100% applicable to anywhere in the world. But I, I took all those 
golden nuggets and then fine tune them to, 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 to this part of the world. And it really worked for me in Spain and UK and Dubai and East Asia. So the system worked for me in multiple countries. So it's really about, I think, three, three, three main pillars that we, I needed to follow. First of all, I needed to understand the power of leverage. When I, when I say leverage, it's not only OPM, like leveraging the bank's money. It's also leveraging, leveraging other people's knowledge, like learning from a podcast like yours, learning from others, other real estate investors in the region, also leveraging other people's connection. I needed to have a team in place and leverage their connections so that they can hook me up with the right people and help me build my, my, my portfolio. The second, the second the thing I needed to, to learn is what I call the process, and I call this the McDonald's plug and earn model. It's like McDonald's. You know, McDonald's, why are they successful? They have a system, man. And the system works in the furthest part of the world as well as in the States, you know? So if you look at it, there's a system. So I wanted to follow a system, a solid proof system is like a cookie cutter. Just follow the system, remove any feeling out of the game, only follow the numbers, and you can have great deals. And then once you master this process, man, it's all about replication. It's like what I call this the Arnold Schwarzenegger replication. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was always preaching about you can you keep on doing those reps until you build your muscles. And you can only find the results when you do those reps multiple times. So in the first key investment, you don't, you're not feeling you're going to get any richer or any, uh, you're not, your network is not going to increase a lot. But when you keep on repeating the same process over and over because you've mastered it, you will find the result at the end of the tunnel. And it's all about repetition. So those three Three models that you worked hard for me, leverage, processes, and the repetition. Awesome. I love that. I, I think that rep- repetition piece is where a lot of people, a lot of, there are a lot of stumbling blocks in here, but repetition, people will say, okay, but I've only, I've only got so much money myself, meaning I can only right now acquire so many assets just based on what I have available to me. So, I can get capital elsewhere, whatever, but how do I get that started? And they, they get stuck in their minds, again, limiting beliefs around, okay, but I can only buy a handful of these properties. So I can only repeat this so many times. So you started with your own money. When did you start bringing in like other people's money, whether other investors or have you only worked with your own capital? That's a great question. So I'm an introvert type of guys. I tried to really reach out to investors at one point of time and it was not my cup of tea. I didn't find myself in that. So always it's my own money and the bank's money. So I deal with banks or private money lenders or some financial institutions because, some, you know, sometimes in some counties you have some limitations. So some counties allow you up to 10 properties, some banks only four properties. So you need to, you need to master the art of borrowing money from institutions so that it is always working in your favor. Nice. Okay. Awesome. So you also mentioned about having good debt, good leverage. And that's what one of your mentors taught you is getting that good debt and then paying it down over time. How did that influence your particular strategy? Because we're we're taught to think about all debt as being bad. And certainly some debt is bad debt, you know, credit card debt for splurge spending, all those kind of things. But you were talking about investment real estate that hopefully cash flows. So how have you thought about good debt in your business with your investments and building that, getting that snowball mm-hmm of real estate going? I, I think it went into two stages. The first stage was really super high leverage because as I mentioned, this one sentence changed my life. You become at least as rich as the amount of good debt you take in your life. So I started out with almost zero down from my own capital. So it's the art of the of the deal. I really 
negotiated those deals in a way that I could leverage 100% from the bank's money in a transparent way, and, and I, I was successful in that. But you know, when you have high leverage, the absolute amount of cash flow from the rental becomes low because the city capital serves a high debt payment, yeah? So over time, when I, when I started to accumulate wealth and I managed to, to sell a couple of properties, I started to lower the loan to value, the LTV. So I started with almost above 95%. Then now what I do is between 50 to 60% because now I'm not looking for a high leverage. What I'm looking is the absolute rental income that comes into my pocket. So, and because I have those cash coming from the previous sales or if I refinance and I needed to put them again into the system, which is acquiring more properties. But if I lower the, 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 the loan, I could enjoy more absolute rental income. And the, and the game changes here because some investors think I need a couple of hundreds of units to make, to be financially independent. In my case, it's now I have around 55 units, but when I had more than 10 units, I was kind of financially dependent. Yeah. Because when you have low leverage, you enjoy high absolute rental income, and this becomes a passive income to you. So it's not about the number of doors. It's about how much really each property will cash flow to you. Awesome. So a big part of this conversation, especially when we're talking about debt and the number of units that you have, how much equity you have, the big overarching theme here, I think, is is the, the R word, risk. How do we manage risk in our portfolios, especially, you know, if you're if you're looking to build, you know, financial independence and escape your corporate job, probably concerned about risk and your potential downside. So how did you look at managing risk in your portfolio, especially scaling to the point where you could leave the corporate world? Yeah. So when it comes to risk, you know, every kind of investment has risk. Actually, putting money in the bank for me is the highest risk before the before our I would chat today, <laughs> we were up the air, and I shared with you, I lost a couple of billions yeah. dollars in the banks in my own country in Lebanon because the government stole the people's money. So I, this is the biggest risk, man, yeah? But when you own an asset, you have the strategy with you, you own it, you know? So you're in control of your own money. So for risk management in properties, I look at a couple of things. First of all, when I buy a property, I never buy it on the promise of capital gain, never. Capital gain for me is the cherry on top of the cake. That's it. It always happens, but I never, I never depend on it. So what I say is, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario for me is, this is the rental income. I, I account for a certain vacancy based on the numbers that from my experience and in the area. And if I can live with this worst case scenario, which is only the rental income that will never increase over time, really, I think very, this very worst case scenario. I, I assume that this is the rental income. It's never going to increase. Can I live with that? Can I service the debt? And can I still, can it still pay me cash flow? And if I answer yes to that, I purchase that property because this, that's the worst case scenario. Everything that if I have a rental increase over time, that's a plus for me. If I have a capital gain, I can refinance, I can sell. Cause you know, out of the states, not all counties have capital gain taxes. We can just sell the properties tax free, enjoy the profits, reinvest them somewhere else. So I, and I plan really on the worst case scenario. And that's how I manage this for me. Okay. So that's interesting to think about. It's good to think about your cash flow because you can hold on to the properties in the long run. And as long as you're making cash flow, then you're still making money. But so with, with leverage, there's, uh, there's, there's the interest rate, there's the amortization, and then there's a potential for balloon payment. So in the US, if you buy a property, especially if you live in it, yeah. get 30 year debt that you just pay off over 30 years, amortize over 30 years, no balloon payment, all that kind of a thing. How did you look at the actual 
loan terms in in your investing because it's a little different. You know, being overseas, you might have access to different types of uh, loan products. So, how do you think about that? Yes. So, in this part of the world, when when you take a loan, you don't take it fixed. First of all, it's always variable. It's either on LIBOR plus. And the second thing is dependent on your retirement age, which is sixty five. So, the older you get, the lower the terms in, in years. Yeah. So that, that's one thing we need to take into account. So what I do in my own, in my own situation, as I told you, I started with high leverage, but when, whenever I had enough capital because of, let's say, excess cash flow I'm having, I'm not spending that money. If I don't find a, an opportunity to invest in, I pay a balloon. So I lowered my loan to value so that I enjoy more. Uh, there is an ups, uh, uplift in the rental income. So you can always do this, but the banks allow me in this part of the world for a maximum of 10%, some banks allow 20% a year. So of the remaining debt, you can pay up to 20% in some cases or balloon payments. I do that often if I don't find it because you know the market goes into cycles. Like now, the 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 market is at a peak at a certain places in the world. It's not the right time to invest unless you really find really a motivated seller. What I do now is any excess cash flow, I pay up the, 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 the debt because eventually the rent, the mortgages are increasing over time because they want to manage all the inflation that's happening around the world. Yeah. So, so yes, I do that so that I don't get hit by a higher interest rate. So the hit becomes more manageable to me. Okay. Yeah. I think that is one of the very interesting differences between the US and really a lot of the rest of the world is that variable rates are kind of the norm everywhere else. And you can get variable rate products here in the US, of course, but a lot of our debt with real estate is is fixed rate, which is a huge advantage for real estate investors, if we're being honest, especially in these times of historically low. So I think one of the biggest problems that a lot of people have or mistakes or whatever, you know, myself included, I'm not judging anybody here, especially starting out is is staying focused and not getting distracted, getting that shiny object syndrome, especially in your case where you're moving around the world, you know, with your job back in the day. So how do you think about or how did you think about and how do you teach people to stay focused on their real estate investing goals and not get distracted by shiny objects or by the the news cycle or whatever else, you know, might pull us away from pursuit of our goals? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. And one of my companies, because I also have a company where I teach people how to invest in properties. So we educate them, we coach them and, and we reach almost a hundred thousand, but not all one on one coaching, but the one on one coaching, we reach a couple of hundreds of them. And when I engage with them, every one of them almost, they want that they get rich quick scheme. Oh, now the crypto here and the NFT is there and whatever did and the, the stock market. And I tell them, man, whatever you can't control, you don't invest in. You want to invest in something you're in full control of, number one. You want to invest something that you can have a leverage, you can take leverage, because if the bank wouldn't lend you money for a crypto, that means it's not a safe investment. But the money <laughs> the bank is willing to lend you money for real estate, and guess what? That means it's a safe investment for them. It's an asset. So for me, it's like when you mentioned the, you know, the the process, it's like a cooking pattern. So you and 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 I always remember success. It's like swimming upstream. It's like the salmon fish. It always swims upstream. You know, to meet the to meet the end of the river, yeah. So what I say that keep on swimming upstream, one mile at a time. In our case, one property at a time. You can always get the, the the river pushing you back, and this happens in the economy in any part of the world. But you you have to keep on getting focused. When you keep focused and swimming upstream, 
and you accumulate all the smiles, in that case, all that properties, over time, you will find yourself, you're building those muscles, and you're going to swim faster, and you're going to get quicker results. And then, trust me, you're going to get to the top of that river and go meet over there <laughs> like the salmon fish. So that's a good point about folks who, especially when they get started, are unfortunately looking for the, the get-rich-quick scheme. And I don't know, it's, is it just kind of the way we look at things that we think it's only worth getting rich if we can do it within the next couple of months and we don't want to be patient about it necessarily and, and honestly wait and work for a few years or or maybe over a decade to really build large wealth? I mean, what is it that pushes people toward the, the get rich quick scheme instead of the, I hate to say get rich for sure, because that's, that's kind of silly, but the longer term, but much more predictable path to, to building wealth. What, what pushes people toward the, the quick versus Man, I, predictable? I think it's laziness, laziness. Because when you invest the right way, you need to learn, you need to educate yourself, you need to follow a process. It takes some hard work to find those properties. But once you have them, hey, it's easy to manage them. You have one tenant. If you know how to get the, the right tenant, they can stay there for the longer term. It becomes easy. Everybody wants, I go online, I do a couple of clicks, purchase something, and I pray. It's like the casino. You mentioned the Wall Street casino, yeah? So, uh, and, and I think... I think it's the easiness that they are lazy, they're rolling their sleeves and doing the hard work at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's a good way to put it. It's, that's, that's the honest way to put it. You know, don't be, don't be lazy. So, okay. You mentioned following a process, you know, when we, if we're building a property, right, we need plans, we need blueprints to build it. And when we're talking about building wealth, we should have a plan. So what's the plan that you're, you know, teaching your students to follow? So what I teach my students to follow is they need to go through the, the property purchasing process. I divided the whole process into 10 steps. And for some, they think, oh, it's 10 steps. It's a lot. But there are like three mega steps divided into 10 mini steps. And, and the reason I do that for them is I don't want to overwhelm them with all the actions. So on each, on each session, we go with one step. I make them master that. I make them apply the, the learnings. I make them go there, out there, meet those brokers, meet those agents. Look at the MLS, look at the rental uh, rentals in the area, look at those communities, and then we move one step at a time. Yeah. So when we, when I decided, dissected this into many digestible steps, I found that people are more willing to learn because, okay, I can digest that. I can do this step while, okay, I know that, okay, next session, I'm going to go to the next step and then the following one, uh, all in many bite sized information. I can see people can digest that and they get, they can really apply it. It becomes so, actually, it's so stupid in a way. We all know it's a process, you follow them, but I don't know why for a lot of people they, they're overwhelmed because you can assign on a property that's worth much more than your net worth in the beginning and this get the shit out of you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you, when you make them feel that's a process, oh, I can trust that. I can depend on a process. I have somebody who's guiding me. So they become more easier. And I think it's all the mindset. When, when you change their mindset and you make them believe in what they're investing, they will do it. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and breaking things into step-by-step -step processes can make large tasks feel a lot less daunting, whether you're, you know, working on a car or building your wealth, taking a long process and dividing it into step-by-step, -step, you know, processes, individual steps can, can really help you along the way. So it makes a lot of sense. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and 
Get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Great. First one, what is, I, the, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Rental properties, full stop. It really changed my life. It made me from a poor guy who was down in, in debt, really I was underwater, to a person, financially independent person in seven years time. Real estate. Awesome. I love that. And I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm not really sure. So we have the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? That shit, your money in the bank. Please don't do that mistake because it's idle money is sitting. It's going to depreciate over time. The, the purchase power. And in some countries, it can disappear. It happened in many countries in the world, like in Russia, in Greece, in, uh, in, in Cyprus, in, in Lebanon. It's happening, man. Don't put your money in the bank. Don't let others control your money. Be in control. Be invested in real estate. Awesome. I love that. My favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I think the most important lesson was that failure is an opportunity, not something to be feared of. Because at the beginning, we're going to all fail. But guess what? When you're starting out, you're failing in, 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 in the small things, yeah? Stash it up your education. Celebrate the opportunity of failure because now you know what doesn't work. Now you know what to avoid in the future and keep on going. So don't let failure stop you. Make failure as a, as a reason that you cannot perfect yourself, perfect the model and move forward. It's daunting to think about the prospect of failing in the future, but we can't let that stop us from going after our goals because that's still kind of a failure in its own way if you decide not to go for it. And HJ, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing these lessons with us. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to find any of your books or anything like that, where can they track you down? Yeah, so uh, they can visit my website, employeemillionaire.com. On my website, I'm also offering a free book that they can start reading. Or they, I can give the link now. It's employeemillionaire.com forward slash the four stages. As when it comes to social media, my my handle name is EJHMAS, but I'm mostly active on LinkedIn. I'm not this social guy who goes into Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm focused on LinkedIn and on my website, of course, and on my emails. It's a kind of focus, and this is where I found the, my cookie cutter, my niche, and it's working really for me. Awesome. Is that employeemillionaire.com slash the number four or F-O-U-R stages? Mostly. All would work. It's the four stages. It could be as a digit or as letters. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much, you guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content. You're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.